it's very similar to bumper cars. Okay. Um, <laughs> you just grab a shopping cart and you lose all levels of um, respecting people's space. And the point of the game is to get all that you need as quick as you can and bump others out of the way if necessary. Well, hi, and welcome to the Hobbs Happenings Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Hobbs, and thanks so much for joining us today. Today on the podcast, I have my lovely fiance, Sarah, all the way from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Sarah, how you doing? I am doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, you're welcome. It's, it's very good, very good. How's, how's the wedding planning going? I should know, but uh, I, I don't do much of it. It's mostly you. I did make those invitations, though, by hand, by myself. I was very proud of that. I was very proud of you as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But to answer your question, wedding planning um, is going good. All the big stuff is done, so I haven't really worked on anything in a couple of weeks. Um, in my head, I think I've done all that I can on this side of the United States. So <laughs> I think everything else that needs to be done, uh, which is more so just like decorations and guest book and stuff I can do on the other side of the United States when I get home. <laughs> pretty exciting. And you're going home in like a month, which is pretty cool. I am. What's today's date? The 18th. Yeah, so, so- a month from yesterday, I'll be home. Pretty nifty. She's leaving me instead of spending time with me in Utah. She's going to be here for like two days and then say, bye, Andrew. I'm going to go to Tennessee. Okay. I mean, you're welcome to come to Tennessee to help me plan the wedding if you want to. No, see, I I work, so that wouldn't work. And yeah. But anyways, (laughs) that's pretty cool. But you had a little piece of home visit you not long ago. Maybe not home Knoxville, but home Tennessee. Lucy came to visit. Yeah, good old Lucy Tucker. Now explain to, I guess, my family, who is Lucy to you? What a deep question, Andrew. It is very deep. <laughs> Lucy is <clears throat> my closest friend, and she was also one of my roommates from college. Our journey began at roommate speed dating because <laughs> I needed a roommate, and so did one of her and two other girls needed one more roommate. So our school hosted an event called Roommate Speed Dating, which is exactly what you think it is. We went to a room, and it was like a speed dating layout where we would rotate and ask questions and get to know each other and figure out, based off those questions, who would be compatible as a roommate. And so Heather, which was Lucy and Natalie's third roommate, who was the girl looking for a roommate, her and I picked each other, and I ended up living with them in Sharp Davis. And that's how we became friends. And I would just like to then, point out that your process of being able to find a roommate is much more uh, progressive and makes much more sense than the way that I had roommates chosen for me at PCC. Uh, I don't know how they choose them. I think they have a list of students that they think are troublemakers, and they put those in RA rooms. So I know that. But besides that, you're just randomly assigned, and you show up 
and well, there's somebody there. Be, you can be randomly assigned. Um, but pretty much all the times that was done for me turned out terribly. And well. so my, my closest friend at the time, Nancy, um, she was one year ahead of me. And so she was about to graduate, but she decided to graduate early. So therefore she was like one and a half years ahead of me. Um, so I was like, oh, geez, I need friends and I need roommates. And so I saw that event and I went. But typically they randomly assign them. Gotcha. Because I think at PCC, like you can request a roommate, but you can only request one. And there are four in the room normally. Really? Wow. Yeah. And then you can request to be on the same floor as somebody else as well. Uh, but they're not required to say yes to your request. Uh, okay. But if you find someone who wants to switch with you, you can. It's very complicated. Very exciting. But okay. but Lucy came. How long ago has this been? Like two weeks? Yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, she came um, on... Let me start over. Yeah, she came two weeks ago. <laughs> A lot has happened since then. I don't really remember. That's why we're doing this podcast because your life is so exciting. Lots to do, lots to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, she came. Um, and the first day, we decided to just kind of hang low and catch up a little bit. And we decided to sleep, which neither her nor I had done in a very long time. These are good decisions. So, yeah, we slept um, and rested up. And I cleaned a little bit. And then she went to the grocery store with me, which was riveting. I know. Mm -hmm. Showed her all the tricks of the trade for the Walmart on Wood Woodman, which is by far the worst place to go on a Saturday. <laughs> what are the tricks of the trade? It's very similar to bumper cars. Okay. Um, <laughs> you just grab a shopping cart and you lose all levels of um, respecting people's space. And the point of the game is to... Get all that you need as quick as you can and bump others out of the way if necessary. Okay. Sounds and good. That's, that's I have I have much more pleasant cool. experiences at Walmart <laughs> here in Utah. So if you come and say that it's the same thing here, I think that just shows that it may be a problem with you, Sarah. Need to be Honestly, nicer is, to the people of Walmart. I will admit it is a problem with my scheduling because I should go on a weekday, and that's what everyone tells me. But I just never have the mental capacity or the energy to go to Walmart on a weekday. Well, don't go on a Tuesday here. Apparently, that's the last day before they restock up with all the produce. Because I went the other day, and I needed, like, apples and lettuce and stuff like that. And... All of it looked awful and rotten, and I was very disappointed. So, That's no Tuesdays. Stingy. Yes. Mm. Yes, it is. But yeah. So, Lucy and I, we had a rest day, and then the next day we decided to do um, sort of a mini road trip to Rocky Mountain National Park. Hey, I've been there. Yeah, you've been there. Or Estes. And so, we packed up and went to Estes. And what's funny is... We packed warm clothes just in case, but we wore shorts on the way there because here it was pretty warm. But we got there, and we weren't even in the park yet. We were just at a rest area, and we were ignorant to how it actually felt on the outside because <laughs> we hadn't been out of the car at that point. And as soon as we got out on the rest stop, we both looked at each other and was like, yep, 
Time to put her pants on. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you brought warm clothes. Yeah, it's pretty cold up there. Um, but Rocky Mountain, I mean, it's always fun. It's beautiful up there. Right when we pulled into the park, a uh, bunch of elk walked out in front of us. So that's always amazing because I've only, that's the second time I've ever seen elk. <clears throat> um, and then we just drove around the park. We did a little bit of hiking. Um, we drove all the way to the um, – as far as we could, that wasn't closed because uh, there's still a bunch of snow and ice up there. So we went to Bear Lake, which was completely frozen. And there was a ton of snow, and no joke, we scooted on the snow because <laughs> it was packed and frozen. We scooted to the lake, which was maybe a quarter mile, probably less than that from where we parked um, and had a picnic and took a few pictures. But we were not prepared to hike in that. Um, we needed poles and probably spikes on our shoes, which a lot of people had. Hey, well, we've um, got we've got the poles. They have been sent we do. via our generous um, wedding guests that are sending gifts. It's very yeah, exciting. Yeah, shout out to whoever bought us those hiking poles. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. You'll get a thank you card after the wedding. But, you know, <laughs> it's all good. So, yeah, but, we did um, the park. Um, how I don't think I've that? ever had a picnic in the snow before. Well, it was bizarre like because the sun was thing. out. So... It wasn't freezing, but for some reason, the snow and ice were still there and existing. Um, but yeah, there was a bench right by the lake that we just kind of camped out on for a bit. And we didn't last very long because eventually we did get cold. And then we went back to the car. But we saw lots of chipmunks. And did any of them of sing to you? No, but I named all of them Chip and Dale. Oh, cool. nice. <laughs> Chip one, Chip two, Dale one, Dale two. Um, and then the next day, Lucy and I went to church and then I took her for another picnic to Mesa Overlook. Um, and it rained, so we ended up staying in the car. <laughs> I have been there, I think. Is that the one? Hmm. It's it the one above near... Garden of the... Hmm? What? Go ahead. It's the one above Garden of the Gods and you can see... Like all of the western side of the springs, and you can see oh. Pikes Peak and like Cheyenne Mountain. And Never mind. I've been to another Mesa Overlook that's in the middle of nowhere, and you get on top of a Mesa, and then you look. It's very exciting. Oh, okay. You climbed a tall mountain with a precipice and sat on it. No, a Mesa is <laughs> not a tall mountain. It's it's flat on top. Oh, it's it's a plateau. <laughs> Get with the program, Sarah. Know your geographical terms. It's very important. So hiking at Rocky Mountain National Park, did you guys just go up there for the day or did you? Uh, yeah, we just went up there for the day. It's a like two and a half hour drive. Uh, and then we drove back and we drove through Boulder, which is fun. We didn't do anything in Boulder, but there's a good. lot of very interesting things to look there at. There aren't many good upstanding things to do in Boulder. Yeah. It's an interesting place. It is. You could yeah. have gone uh, tubing down the <laughs> creek that More the like interns went skating. down. Yes. Well, that it would have been better because whenever I went down it, I reached down into the creek and I cut my hand on some glass that was down in there. And I did not realize that. It was very disappointing. I did not like it at all. Scary. Very scary. So what else besides the hiking and the sleeping and the catching up? 
Um, that was about it. And we just we just spent a lot of time having some good old conversation. Lucy Tucker is one of those people where you don't have to constantly entertain because she's wonderful. And we have a great friendship to where we know each other well and we can just sit and stare at each other and be perfectly content. So it was a good weekend. And I dropped her off at the airport on Sunday. Um, there was like super high winds on Sunday. The weather here is just crazy. Um, and there were tumbleweeds flying across the interstate. It was mind-blowing. And so as soon as we braced all the tumbleweeds and I got out of the airport, her flight was delayed like three hours or three or four hours or something. So poor girl didn't get home. It's like one in the morning and she had to work the next day. <laughs> Dedicated friend. If, if you're still friends, are you still friends after she had to work the next day after getting we back? We are. Home? And I will actually see Lucy on Wednesday, which is mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. Because you're going to Tennessee to drive to North Carolina for a wedding. Right. So Lucy and I's um, best friend, who's also our roommate in college, Natalie Kipe, is getting married to the wonderful Noah Poteet on Saturday. And we are both bridesmaids. So I'm flying down to Nashville on Wednesday night, staying the night with Lucy, who lives in Nashville. And then Thursday morning, we are driving to North Carolina to help Natalie with the wedding and get her down the aisle. So, very cool. Are you excited for this bridesmaid experience? I am. I've only been a bridesmaid one other time, and my no, two other times. My cousin and my sister. Um, yeah, this is the first one where it's kind of like an event where you travel, um, stay. We're staying in like a cabin. Um, we have like certain things going on. Typically, in the past, I've just done like. Um, a bridal party, rehearsal dinner, and then the wedding. But this one will be fun. And also, it's the first time it's a non-family member, so that's kind of exciting. Um, and I've also, Lucy and I have also been there since the beginning of Nat, Nat and Noah's relationship, which is fun, because we were friends with Natalie when she was single, when she met Noah, when they started dating. So it's kind of fun that we were there for the whole thing. Yeah. Are you going to use this experience to temper the temptation to be a bridezilla whenever the time comes you can understand the bridesmaids more because it's fresh in your mind yeah well natalie's not a bridezilla so i'm not really worried about that i know she's not i'm asking if you're gonna be able to not be a bridezilla i'm not That's gonna be question. a bridezilla okay just checking thanks for your affirming comment though <laughs> oh you're very welcome very welcome but that'll be fun you are the, the most traveling person that I know, though. Been very busy and traveling back and forth. How many times will this make? <laughs> once once we're done, how many cross-country flights will you have taken round trip? Um, I would say close, anywhere between 10 to 12. Yeah. That is a lot. That is a lot. It is a lot. So um, what you went for one time? It was a work trip that you went to Tennessee. You went home I'd, for I went home for another wedding. I was okay. not in, but I visited. Um, and then I went home for Christmas. I went home for baby. Um, well, What's since the, we met, before we met, I went to Seattle. Um, and Lu Lucy and I went to Seattle for a couple of days. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've been all over the place. Lots of travel. <laughs> yeah, but I love to travel. And it also helps that my rent is dirt cheap. 
Mm-hmm. And so are my other expenses. So I spend, I do it intentionally. I spend on a lot of money on travel on purpose. So very cool. Very cool, cool. Very cool. Very uh, cool. You also have a couple of interns that uh, were here this summer that you were good friends with that you have seen recently. Janae was in town. Janae's a, a Janae. funny person. She's yeah. pretty cool. So Janae actually got a job at West... Um, Westcliff Camp or Skyridge Camp, which is in Westcliff, which is near the sand dunes. So almost two hours away, I guess. Um, but she originally was transferred to their Texas camp, and they called her a few weeks ago and were like, hey, would you be willing to work at the Colorado camp? And she was like, absolutely, because that's the one she originally applied for. Um, and she wanted to be out here because she still has a community here from this past summer, which is really fun. Um, and she was passing through with her mom on Wednesday, and she had like texted me. Uh, Wednesday morning, I was like, hey, can you meet me in the focus lobby in like five minutes? And I got super excited. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Just like text me or have the receptionist call me when you get here. And then like 30 minutes went by and nothing happened. And so I eventually was like, oh, she's not coming. I texted back too late. And then it turns out she texted my boss uh, to come and let her in at the front desk and sign her in. And so she surprised me um, at my desk, which was really fun. So cool. I cried because <laughs> I just love her so much. And it was great to see uh, her because we had a lot of great memories from the summer. <laughs> That's awesome. So she hung around for like 30 minutes. So you guys got to talk. Yeah. So she was there just for about 30 minutes. Um, and I met her mom. And then there's another J- um, another intern, Jake Bennett, who works in FA at Focus now. So we went to talk to him for a bit. And then we went to talk to Mary. Uh, who was our supervisor. Um, yeah, and then she left. But she'll actually be in the Springs every weekend because her camp does some type of fellowship partnership with local churches, and her church is in the Springs. So I'll get to see her hopefully every Sunday until I move. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Intern number two that you've <laughs> seen recently. Emily Ray Burton. Yeah, so Emily Ray was also one of my gal pals from the summer, and she is actually taking my job. So as soon in as a good way. in a good way, yeah. So they I'm didn't fire gonna... Sarah because they just thought Emily Ray was great. No, not the way it worked. Yeah, no, no, but. Um, yeah, as soon as I put my notice in that I was leaving, Joe was like, well, before I post the application, do you have anyone in mind that would be a great fit for this job? And I immediately thought of Emily Ray. Um, one, she's interned at Focus twice because they love her and they typically don't let interns intern twice. Um, and she wanted to work at Focus to begin with, like dream job. She loves the organization. She also loves the Springs. So she's the first person that popped in my mind. She's just incredibly wonderful and skilled in what she does. And so they interviewed her amongst a few others because legally they had to post the job. But she stood out like a shining star and they hired her. So she moved here on Thursday and I've seen her every day since. Pretty cool. What have you guys done for these days that you've (laughs) seen her every day since? Uh, We did dinner and then she's living with her host parents for a few months. Um, so I hung out with her host parents and her. I met her dad. Last night we went and saw Captain Marvel, which was good. Lots of great plot twists. And then today we're going to drive to 11 Mile, which is uh, 
past Woodland Park in the mountains about an hour, an hour and a half to do some hiking with some friends. Um, and we'll be hiking in the rain, which will be exciting. Um, yeah, and then tomorrow she's gonna come over and I am throwing a party for my fifth grade girls. We're gonna roast some marshmallows and play some games and she's gonna hang out with us. Cool beanies. Yeah. Now, the pressing question that I have, did you stay awake during Captain Marvel? I did. Contrary to popular belief and assumptions, I stayed wide awake. And also documented fact, you stayed wide awake this time. That's also valid. I cannot deny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a great movie. I love all Marvel movies, though, so those are typically easy for me to stay interested Except for in. Thor Ragnarok. Apparently that one's not one of your favorites. I think I just need to watch it to the end, and maybe it'll change my opinion. But yeah, that one wasn't my favorite. There was just too much humor. That's because it's a comedy. But that's weird to me that they wouldn't... I don't know. Sorry. I, I, feel like, I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy did it so well that it's hard to beat that. Well, it didn't beat it. It was just like the same type of thing. It was like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but with Thor. True. I think I just love those two movies so much that when Thor tried to compete, I was like, no, no. You need to go back how Thor 1 and Thor 2 work, right? Because that was the third Thor, Thor Ragnarok. I think so. But the yeah. other Thors were lame. I like the new one. It's oh. much better. I'll give it a second chance just for you. <laughs> so what other exciting things have you done recently? Anything including fast cars? <laughs> oh, yes. Last weekend. <laughs> what a coincidence. What a coincidence. Last weekend I went drag racing. I myself did not drive the cars. I just attended the event and then helped out with someone who does. So one of my closest friends here, Emily Ernst, her mentors from the church we go to um, are retired. And the one thing that they put their time and money in is drag racing, um, which is kind of fun and wild. I had no idea what to expect. But yeah, their names are Keith and Kim. Just super fun people. Um, Keith drives the cars and Kim just kind of like supports him. <laughs> but yeah, he had a super nice Mustang. I don't know what year model or anything like that. But yeah, so we drove it down there to Denver for the day. Basically set up camp. Um, put out lawn chairs. Plugged in the crock pot, played some games, and just got to partake of the drag racing full experience, which came to a total of 16 hours. Wow. So what, what does one do for all those 16 hours if you were actually in the drag racing? Like, why does it take that so, long? Are you just waiting the whole time? The first thing, I mean, you show up, you find your spot, or you, like, stake your flag, essentially – um do you have a literal flag that you put down in the middle of the ground and say no. this is my area no but that would be awesome they need to change that if we ever start a drag racing event that's what we're doing everyone gets a flag and you have to we release everyone at the same time and then they can stick their flag where they want to be kind of like christmas lights at pcc it would be <laughs> <Yeah>. really fantastic <laughs> but <laughs> so we staked our metaphorical flag Hmm. Um, and he like preps the car, changes all types of fluids and stuff. And then they start time trials, which I fully don't understand the sport, even though I have tried. It involves a lot of math, at which I am not the best at. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but time trials are where you you figure out your time, your start time, your race time, um, compared to your opponents, and then you make adjustments to your car to prepare yourself to race later on in the day. So he was actually in two races, pro and super pro, because he's really great, which are the two highest classes you can race in. Um, That's what yeah, I am, did, pro and like super pro. <laughs> three time trials like per class, I think, which took like four to five hours. It's kind of wild. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't, it's not based on who drives the fastest because he actually lost one race because he drove too fast. It's based off your start time. Which is mind-blowing to me. How do you lose, how do you lose a race when you go too fast? I think it's based off your time trial. And like, if you beat the times that you clocked in your time trial, then it could therefore translate as you made certain adjustments to your car. I don't know how it all works, but he went too fast. So he lost that race. Hmm. Um, but your start time is like a really quick, um, like beginner jolt type of thing. <laughs> and they take that time and subtract from the race time. And then there's also false starts and all that other stuff that takes into account. And it was wild. Like there were cars that were disqualified. There were cars that would break down before they would race. There were cars like one guy that they were friends with, the back of his car, like, shattered when he took off. Oh, man. And it was, like, $1,000 to get a new part, which he needed for the next day. Like, there's just so much that goes into it. Um, a really neat hobby. A really neat, expensive hobby. <laughs> but it was a really cool experience. My eyes were burning all day from all the fumes, and my ears are quite possibly still ringing one week later. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yeah, it was cool. So it was a normal drag racing day, a 16-hour day? No, it was not. We had like four weather delays because as soon as it starts to rain, you can't race on the track. In typical Colorado, it comes and it rains for like five minutes and then it stops for an hour and then it rains five minutes again. So that's exactly what happened. And like every time it rains, they have like this huge contraption where they have to dry the entire track and make sure it's officially done raining because it becomes really dangerous for the drivers. So that happened like four times. Mm. Um, which was like probably a total of three hours waiting time. Um, and there was also so many classes, which they said is abnormal. Like there was the nitro knockouts, which is the female drivers. And then there were like two classes lower than the pro and super close or the pro. So there were like five classes, which is not normal. Typically they do two classes. So we had to wait for all of those classes to, to do time trials as well as race. So it was just a lot going on. Yeah. So, are you picking up drag racing anytime soon? <laughs> Based off my current life expenses and current life situation, no. Okay. But, considering my love for adrenaline-type tasks, I think it would be awesome <laughs> to drive a fast car. You're a strange person. <laughs> but, uh, no. Not anytime soon. But that's, maybe post-retirement. I'll put right. that on the list with pottery. <laughs> Pottery and drag racing. Maybe you could make pottery while drag racing. That would be pretty impressive. Yep, there you go. Mm -hmm. I think my, my sisters, especially Anna and Taya, would have a very important question for you after hearing all of the fun stuff that you've been doing. Because that's fine, and I'm sure that they're happy that you're doing fun stuff. But the question they probably have is, when is this 
Etsy store going to become a thing from Sarah so they can buy stuff from you? Why why are you wasting time with drag racing when you could be making really cool things? I'm trying to live the greatest Colorado life I can before I move to Utah. And I just have not incorporated that. <laughs> lame. Very lame. It is a goal, though. I, it's on the back burner, but it's definitely a goal. Um, and it's something I want to pursue. And I have a lot of people, especially here, um, that have asked me to do that. So, yeah. Working on that. You've even expanded your range of artistic abilities recently. Can you give me a little more information on that? Because you've done that glass stuff recently. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I found this glass shop on Facebook. They sell glass supplies for artists. It was super intriguing, so I was like, hmm, I could get into that. That'd be kind of fun. And so I went, and day one, she taught me how to cut glass, which is really fun. Um, can't do it at home because you have to have a special machine, which is like 150 bucks. Um, but, yeah, she taught me how to cut glass, so I cut a bunch of glass for some projects. Um, and then I signed up for a glass fusing class, uh, which I took last Sunday. So I signed a friend of mine up, Rachel, and we went and learned how to fuse glass. And we made a feather and a leaf. Well, Rachel made two feathers, but I made a feather and a leaf um, with glass rods, which we used an adhesive to um, – stick to a glass plate which was cut in the shape of what we wanted to make um which is really fun and i actually need to go pick those up which i forgot about um <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> for reminding you. that's right so i have no idea what they look like but they're at the store <laughs> cool yeah it was really I'm very fun. excited very yeah and then we um put a little wire hanger on them uh, in between the glass um, rods and the glass plate so that we can hang them like in the window. Very nice. Now we will have decorative glass for the window of our apartment here in yeah. a couple of months. Very exciting. So what about, um, no, the, organization that you work for focus on the family just had a pretty big event this past month from new york that's how it went not a fan of the name but they went with it anyways and uh how was it yeah so i think the event was a success the approximately about twenty thousand people came through um but basically it was in response to the bill that was passed permitting people to have live abortions in New York or just all the abortion bills in general because there's been a lot to take place in that state specifically. And so what we did was we had a live ultrasound as well as live music and speakers, pretty prominent speakers, in Times Square. So we had Martin Luther King's niece. We had a, um, a football player. We had three abortion survivors. Um, Jim Daly, we had the president for a walk for life, all share stories and give testimonials. And I think it was awesome. And then in the end, they did a 4D and a 3D ultrasound um, for Times Square to see. But the process to getting there was super complicated on the back end. I learned so much about what goes into events like that, and it's wild. First of all, 
it was slightly geared towards the political side. And considering all that's going on in New York, all of the top dogs and business owners were not necessarily in support of what we had to do. So the biggest, hardest thing for us to attain was the permits because we had to pay for a permit for Times Square, which we didn't get until like the week before. So we planned all of this event with the hope and with the prayerful mindset that this is what we were supposed to do and that God would provide the permits, and he did. Um, another thing that was super challenging to get was the screens, which are owned by a lot of the local broadcasting networks such as NBC, CBS, and they refused to give us um, the permit, even if we were willing to pay extra to cast the ultrasound in our event on the screens, probably because they were liberally based organizations and they were in opposition of what we had to do, and most of them said our event was too political. But if you look back on the history of what they've casted, they've done Planned Parenthood and they've done lots of other politically affiliated events. So that was a big challenge for us. Um, so it turns out we actually didn't end up getting any screen permits out of every single sc screen in Times Square, which is wild. So we found a screen company that was willing to rent us our own screens that we set up around Times Square in front of the screens, um, which added a lot of extra work, but God provided the people um, that we needed to make that happen. And one cool story is that apparently they're having a lot of issues with synchronization in Times Square. And God had um, members that worked on the staff of uh, Broadway musicals, I believe it was Wicked, walk through the square, interested in what the people were doing. And they somehow, I don't know all the details, but put forth their efforts and their skills to help everything come together and work properly. That's so, awesome. I mean, that was God in and of itself. Yeah, and there's a, so many stories like that that happened to help the event take place. So. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, are you sad to be leaving Focus here soon? I am sad to leave Focus. I'd say more so I'm sad to leave my coworkers, who are also in my community here and my closest friends. But I am very excited for Utah, Andrew. That's good. We have our apartment all lined up, so that's a wonderful thing. You'll finish up June 14th at Focus. I'll fly in that night to Denver. You'll come pick me up. I'll stay somewhere. Uh, and then the next morning, we'll get up, pack everything up, and head to Utah. Throw yeah. everything in a new apartment, and then you'll go to Tennessee and leave me for a month. But that's okay. I'm not bitter. It's all good. I'm really very excited for you to go to Tennessee. That's a cool opportunity. Get everything figured out with the wedding. Spend a little bit more time with your family before we get married. Married. It'll be great times. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah? To have and to hobs. That's it. Is that the hashtag we're going with? We don't have to have a hashtag, but that is one that we came up with. Tweet it out there, everybody. To have and to hobs. That's, that's the hashtag. <laughs> Sarah, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today to do this podcast. Absolutely. I greatly enjoyed it, and I hope you did too. I sure did. And to those of you listening, thanks so much for joining us here on the Hobbs Happenings Podcast, where we use stories to bring our family closer together. Please join us next time for yet another exciting episode. And until then, toodles. <laughs>